Are you an entrepreneur looking to scale your venture? Do you have ideas on how to take Canadian entrepreneurship to new heights? Join more than 2,000 entrepreneurs, investors, industry, and government leaders in Ottawa on October 19th at Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Keynotes, workshops, hackathons, startup, scale-up, and skill stages, growth partner zones, and a mentor genius zone. Get plugged into the Canadian entrepreneurship community in one place, all in one day. Scale your startup and have your say through the most influential and high-impact event in Canada's entrepreneurship community. Get your tickets today to the Startup Canada Day on the Hill on October 19th. For more information, visit startupday.ca. The Startup Canada Awards recognizes excellence in Canada's entrepreneurship community. This year, we invite you to join us at one of six regional celebrations across Canada. Join us in Ottawa on August 24th, Montreal on September 12th, Kamloops September 15th, Fredericton on September 17th, Whitehorse on September 19th, and Edmonton on September 21st. And join us at the grand finale in Ottawa on October 19th as part of the Startup Canada Day on the Hill. Come celebrate alongside the movers and shakers of Canada's entrepreneurship community. Visit startupaward.ca for more information and get your tickets now. Hi, I'm Rob Vilnev, CEO of Rebel.com and Startup Canada Fellow for Culture and Engagement. Celebrating wins and the people who contribute to making them happen is a big part of having a vibrant and strong corporate culture. The more engaged employees become, the more invested and accountable they are to their work. And it's important for us as leaders to acknowledge their efforts. One easy way to make sure you're celebrating your employees is to build rituals around it. At Rebel, we give out annual and quarterly contributor awards to recognize staff who have gone the extra mile. But we also give each other high fives and shutouts at our weekly team lunch, and we nominate one person each week to wear a construction helmet in honor of their hard work. The key takeaway, a little acknowledgement and a simple thank you can help to build a culture of appreciation and engagement. Learn how to get the most of your payments through simple, safe, and smart card transactions. Visit MasterYourCard.org forward slash Canada for tips to master small business security. Master your card with MasterCard Canada. Are you ready to plan for the future? Build the financial foundations for your business with Intuit QuickBooks Startup Foundations. Enroll in the online Startup Foundations workshop and receive a free one-year subscription to Intuit QuickBooks Online. Visit bit.ly forward slash startup foundations. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash startup foundations today to register for free. Traveling for business will never be the same. With Rogers Roam Like Home, you can now stay connected to your business just like you do at home when you use Roam Like Home with your Share Everything for Business plan. For just $5 a day in the United States and $10 a day internationally, you can use your data as you would at home and receive unlimited calling and messaging to Canadian and local numbers with no roaming charges. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash small business. Entrepreneurship doesn't have to be tough when it's cooked right. Co-founder of Relish Gourmet Burgers serves up well-done recipes for startup success. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada Podcast Network. 
Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across the country. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular listener, welcome back. If you're are new to the program, don't forget to visit the iTunes store to subscribe and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I am your host, Rivers Corbett, founder and CEO of Coaching by Rockstars. Ever thought about a career as a business coach? Coaching by Rockstars teaches business coaches how to build a successful coaching business from scratch. Visit coachingbyrockstars.com for more information. East Coast, again, we're just thrilled to have as our guest, Sammy Davis. He's the president and chief revenue officer at The Well, which are which is a creative consultant agency, actually The Well Creative Consultants, Inc., a creative agency that bridges the gap between businesses and specialized professional talents. This is going to be interesting. After procuring experience as a business development officer, festival organizer, and a marketing manager, the time was right for Sammy to make his next big idea into reality. And in 2015, he founded The Well Creative Consultants, Inc., a platform which has matched hundreds of businesses and specialized talents through his leadership. Described as a national marketplace where businesses can connect with talent when needed in a truly scalable and affordable way, The Well allows businesses to handpick their team to assemble a perfect blend of working skills. Today's interview will learn the story and the inspiration behind the founding of The Well. I love the name. We'll also learn how Sammy orchestrates hundreds of dynamic solutions for the unique businesses of Canada via his own deep well of business experience. Live from, well, semi-live because we're going to record it, but it's live today from Halifax. Welcome to the show, Sammy. Thank you. Right on. Well, let's dive right in. What's the inspiration for starting The Well, my man? Well, I mean, um, uh, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you do that all the time. I bet I do. I yeah. do. I and you love it every time. time. <laughs> exactly. It gives me a little, little smirk. Sure. Um, I, I, you know, uh, kind of one of the, uh, my bat, I've always been in advertising, always been in advertising, okay. always been in marketing and, you know, um, part of, uh, part of the intro there talked about being a marketing manager. Part of it didn't talk about, I actually ran a couple of different agencies. Oh, cool. Um, and it was out of that, that the well was born. Um, I was constantly, um, you know, uh, uh, my ever, um, you know, always, always in the forefront curiosity kept having me look at, you know, every Thing from business models, um, traditional business models, not so traditional business models, just looking at it and going, there's got to be some other ways to do some of this work. Um, and, you know, increase some, some, some of the good stuff, some of the, the, you know, real get access to some really good skill sets, um, you know, and, and don't have it dependent entirely on, uh, on, you know, the, the big agency brand, uh, that I was used to. Yeah. Well, and, so you say, sorry to interrupt, you say skill sets. Was there, was a, was it based on the advertising marketing world skill set or was it skill sets in general? 
Pretty much, uh, it's the advertising marketing world. Okay. Um, you know, we we I found myself constantly going, oh, you know, I wish I could just have this specialization in mm. for you know two projects, and that's all we needed. Um, and then you know, you anyone that's run a business, owned a business, you know that that when you get into that kind of stuff, you're looking at it and going, oh, geez, how do I how do I do that? Um, other than sign on some lucrative contracts or, or, Mm. or, or, or do I go into a big hiring blitz and then hope I make the, uh, hope I can find other things for those people to do. Um, and that just kind of waters down everything. And, um, it, it was, it was as in all things, it was all timing too. Um, you know, I started to really do some significant research and, um, actually tapped some of the, uh, some of the research folks that are in the well to help out with um, understanding where the marketplace was going. And to be honest, the well fills a massive gap that isn't being found right now. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because I mean, I I think think about it, you know, an agency, what I'm thinking is HR, and there's so many players in that game. uh, Maybe I'm wrong. Can you you help us zone in? What's that sweet spot that you're addressing that, that is just not being fulfilled? Well, uh, and you know, the sweet spot is right in between the traditional models of, like you said, uh, the, the, uh, creative agency, HR firms. Um, and then the, on the other side, on the, when you swing the pendulum the other way, you get into the gig economies and things like that. So you mm. get into your fibers and stuff like that. Well, we're, we're sitting right in between them and we're taking all the good bits out of each one and eliminating all the, all the ones that, uh, have people, uh, you know, have some traditional yelling and tearing the hair out. Yeah, yeah, right on, right <laughs> uh, on. You know, we're 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 big fans of, and I'm a big fan of, big big pursuer of um, the digital side of things. And you know, that's where a lot of the the gig economy has run into problems. Is it's become so it's a digital answer to a physical question, um, which isn't always going to work. Um, so we've not eliminated the human aspects. We've, uh, you know, our whole thing is based on the fact that, um, you know, there is a human that has vetted all of these, um, talents that, Mm -hmm. um, works to works with clients to be able to triage things and, and can make those efficiency recommendations around, you know, we need one person. So sometimes you only need, and a lot of the time you only need one, a very good, well-seasoned, high-end professional, right. even then you're talking about way less in terms of fee structure. So Yeah, interesting. So do you, are there more and more people who are organizations who are tapping into, you find from the traditional, I, I was brought up and I worked for the phone company in Halifax a long time okay. ago, and it was the big CCLs of the world and, uh, yep. and so on. And, you know, that was the only play that was going on. Do you find a shift happening from, you know, the, was it, uh, is it M5, M3, that's another one? one in Halifax. Yeah, M5. Uh, yeah, M5, yeah. Do you find those guys and gals running those shops are having to sh- shift towards tapping into your expertise or do you find that uh, that they're not just they're not kind of I'll, I'll call it waking up to the new reality? Uh, to be honest, I, I kind of don't pay attention to them. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Good answer. He says, well, what a stupid question, Rivers. <laughs> I love it. No, no, no. I, I, to be honest, I mean, we're, we're the, 
all of our research and all the way that the business came about was all based on, um, I always talk about the wish list that marketing managers have today. Right. And, and whether you're a marketing manager, a VP of marketing, a, or, or one of the, one of the, uh, troops in one of those teams, um, the need is entirely different than it was even right. five years ago. Right. I mean, um, you know, I, I, there's a, there's a few numbers I bandy about uh, often and just because I remember the very first time I saw them come out of one of our, our studies, I went, you know, that's, it, it, it floored me, you know, um, things like, you know, it, as far as we can tell from numbers we've been able to pull, there's, there was 42% of, uh, of all of the AOR contracts in Canada were severed between 2008 and 2014. Wow. Um, that changes that landscape, right? Mm, and at the same mm. time, we went from, uh, a 26% internal kind of labor distribution to 58% over the same time frame. Wow. So, what that says to me and that, what that said, what's that said, what that has said to pretty much everybody involved in the well is, you know, marketing managers, marketing teams are no longer looking to just kind of package something up and hand it off to someone. Mm. There's, um, you know, it's not any longer a, a series of fees that is paid to get an outcome. It is, you know, there's a desire to look at those fees as investment. There's a learning to happen during, I want to see how these ad campaigns are being put together and work with that team on it in a much more intimate way. And that's something that the well was kind of born out of. Oh, wow. um, and then we flipped it over too, and we started to find that, you know, um, within the well, we're also providing a huge service to those career freelancers. Um, uh, uh-huh. uh-huh. And it, it is, uh, and that's a huge difference. I mean, uh, when you look at a lot of the gig economy stuff, and I talk about vetting every conversation that I'm in, um, but, you know, one of the things that we do at The Well is um, we make sure that, you know, if we're offering people on the project side of things, um, that they're, they've built a career around being a freelancer and they're not, uh, they're not hobbyists. They're not doing it at night. They're not just kind of, you know, uh, making claims that no one can, verify or not. Um, so it's, th- that's a huge important piece to this puzzle. Yeah, of course. And where's the, where's the furthest away that you've uh, brought somebody in for a project and, you know, you can, you can get, let's put it into, into uh, Canada. Where's the furthest away you've brought a talent into look after a job for you or your client? <sighs> Um, well, it's interesting. The way our model is built is, is you have the option to localize as often as you Ah, want. Ah, okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, so, you know, what I usually talk in terms of is, is, you know, in Halifax, for instance, um, you know, there are times when, uh, the market or the, the need, the specialist need isn't available in this market. So right. we'll pull it in from Ontario or vice versa. There's a couple of our, our market researchers that are pulled out of Halifax and into Ontario, um, which uh, I know surprises some people. But, you know, if it, it's again, it's that whole curation that we've done. We've gone and hunted out people that, um, you know, that are are either well-known or are so specialized that, you know, you're, you're going to spend, you know, spend you know, weeks and months hunting that person out and still not know what you got. Uh, and that's kind of what the well does is matches you up. 
Well, I I could keep on talking about this recruitment process and how you're connecting it to your clients and so on, because I think it's very fascinating how you have really created this this connection in a very specific niche that was underserved in a very busy, busy environment. So congratulations on that. I, I think it's really, really awesome. Um Let's uh, let's you know you've you've got a, a national presence uh, and even uh, into the UK. Can you can you tell us about the opportunities that have come about because of your uh, your 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 national presence and, and international presence? So it's one or two opportunities that you've discovered that because you've had that growth, because you've had that expansion beyond beyond just Halifax. Well, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a number of, you know, there's a number of different things that have come out of that kind of national and international growth and observation is, uh, you know, um, we, we talk about in Canada a lot about how every province has a little bit of a cultural difference and, and things like that. I mean, I see it at work every day. Mm. Uh, so, you know, in, in some markets, like in an Ontario market, um, you know, we're, we're pulled in, um, or we're, we're asked to build teams that are, uh, generally, um, you know, looking at something that would normally be addressed with, you know, a, a giant team and count managers and what have you in the whole, the whole premises to thin it right down, make it, so that it's like full on experienced, you know, top notch folks that you don't have to worry about. And instead of having three or four of them, let's have one, um, with, uh, with things like, uh, in, in Nova Scotia, for instance, we see a lot of people assembling teams based on the need. Um, and, uh, and there's a bit of a wrestling match that's going on with, uh, uh, the way that the RFP, uh, world works. Uh, Nova Scotia a lot leans a lot into RFPs, right. um, and they, you know, clients and, and, uh, institutions like have, uh, have, are they're having an outward wrestling match because of the model of the well and going, okay. <laughs> okay, you know, how, we, we have the people there to select from. And uh, so how do we get this to work with our RFP systems? And so yeah. we're, we're, we're breaking those barriers down too, which is re- often exciting because um, a lot of those systems that we look at, uh, you know, especially the RFP systems that were done in the 80s and, you know, yep. sometimes even earlier, yep. um, they don't reflect how the world works anymore. And, uh, you know, the, the, the risk involved in them isn't recognized anymore um, or it, it's never been recognized that they actually invite more risk than they eliminate. So um, we've been big. Big champions of that. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, that's very interesting because RFP, request for proposal, in, in my world, maybe it's changed now, but, you know, it's so interesting how industry, and I'll call it, you know, the the, the, the old guys, government, banks, uh, uh, legal, whatever, just fight wanting to be flexible to help themselves out. And uh, can you, can you give it, you know, your insight as the leader of this team, why do they fight it? Um, Again, it's, I mean, you look at some of those spots and it's, you know, they have entire departments that are dedicated to this type of procurement. And, you know, it's all about risk management. And like I said, the the examination of what that risk management is, um, you have to look at, it's almost like any business plan. You look at it and go, is the the risk management against financial loss or is it against kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, copyright infringements or IP or or what? Um, And I look at it often and I think it's just, you know, um, it, it's one part habit. It's one part, not 
understanding what an alternative is. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a few though that are really taking up the mantle of, you know, recognition that, you know, just by simply issuing an RFP, you've taken usually the most qualified people out of consideration because they're just not going to apply. Um, you know, uh, are you okay with that? You know, because, because this is the way your model works and you've got enough demand and it's growing. So you're kind of like, well, they'll come along sooner or later. Exactly. I mean, mm. I've already seen it in the last two years. I've seen, you know, uh, I used to give a lot of, uh, uh, I'll call them talks. Maybe they were more rants on, uh, <laughs> on, on how the RFP system should yeah. be changed. Yes. But, uh, sit down, sit down, yeah. older guy. I got something yeah. to say to you. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've seen the change. Um, just last week we engaged with an organization that typically would go to RFP and they've, they, uh, I gave an example years ago uh, to this organization around um, how, uh, you know, if you really examine the amount of money that it costs you as the issuer of the RFP, granted it's soft funds because it goes to things like salaries and time management and all of that stuff. But even if you took a quarter of that and broke it up and turned it into um, an audition, so to speak, to say, you know, three people of my choosing will be paid to do X amount of work mm. and the winner takes the rest of it. Right. Um, you know, they end up saving the, the amount of money saved in opportunity loss in, in all of those different mm-hmm. pieces is mm-hmm. huge. Cause so instead of just sitting around and waiting, I mean, one of the biggest problems with the RP system, you know, there's a couple of them. There's the one where, you know, you're not getting the, you're not getting the top notch people anymore. Um, cause they just don't have time to respond to something that huge and archaic. Um, and, and why would they, uh, the, the demand is there for them. Um, then you've got, uh, you've got the whole, you know, better, better choose right. Uh, cause nothing worse than signing a contract that took you six months to get to it. Um, only to have to revert it. Didn't get it. So, yeah, then you talk a time and time again. I mean, is that why they call you the chief revenue? Uh, let me make sure I get that. Yes, <laughs> officer. As soon as yeah. I read it, dude, I got to tell you, man, I instantly, Canada Revenue Agency went through my head. I'm like, wow, that's a, that, what a way to get attention, <laughs> chief revenue. Uh, it's good. So, um, you know, first of all, why that title? Because yeah. I've never heard of it before, to be quite honest. Not that it's not out there, but I think it's cool. But and and what's what's the role of the chief revenue officer? I, I get the president part. That's that's uh, that's pretty easy to understand. But that's very interesting. Could you expand on that? Well, it it came about because that is my role. My my duty to everyone in the well is to find them work. Ah. Um, and so uh, when I say chief revenue officer, that means for everyone. Uh, mm. And that means uh, I've got a I've got a team. I have a business partner, and I have a team of um, of agents um, that uh, I work with to ensure that you know people are getting as many opportunities as they can, and giving themselves choices. Um, and we'll work with the individuals too uh, within the well to make sure that they're they're also matching themselves to things that are proper fits. Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest downsides to procuring any marketing communications person is the is weeding through the fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we eliminate all of those. We don't allow them to happen. So you you just get, when you're, when you're putting a team together, you got, you've got, in my words, the patriots of your industry. Yep. 
Love exactly. It. Love it. Vet, vet, vet. And have you, how many, how many times a month would you have to let go of a, somebody on your team because they haven't fulfilled uh, the, you know, their, their responsibilities to your level? Uh, I don't know if I can rate it by a month, but we have let some folks go. Uh, we have a, like, you know, once you get into the well, doesn't mean you necessarily stay in the well. Like of you course. said, you have, to, you have to keep it up. Sure. Um, yeah. you know, and there's, there's client satisfaction. There's all of that stuff that comes along. And in fact, we have plans in the next year to actually start publishing those things on people's profiles to yeah, talk about it. what their client satisfaction ratings are. Yeah. Um, it's again, like an Airbnb model then. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'll see little, I think that's the beauty of where the, the wells, you know, kind of stem from is, is parts of it are easily recognizable as I've seen pieces like that before. And we've, we've put it together in a way, and I, I won't use the word cobbled because it's more like a jigsaw puzzle right? Uh, where we found all the pieces and went, look at the image of that makes once we right. got it all together. So, yeah, very interesting. So, um, if you can tell us, how do you make money? What's the what's the area where you make money on? You know what? I don't hide it at all. Uh, and again, part of being um, part of what I wanted to kind of bring to the market was a a fairness and an, um, a whole uh, sustainability type of uh, model. Again, uh, I won't I won't say st- sustainability with my green hat on. It's more of kind of a, a, a sustainable business model. Yes. Um, one of the 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 way well the way that we make money is basically. Um, we're uh, much like you would an agent as opposed to an agency. Um, the talents themselves, for every time that we bring them an engagement, they do all their own quoting. They do all of those things, and and they pay a portion of it back into the well every time. Okay. So, and that portion's capped off at fourteen percent. So, right, right. Um, and as far as how they manage that, um, you know, it's entirely up to them how they do that. Uh, it's just every time that one is engaged through the well systems, then we end up getting paid for. It. And again, yeah, I love it. It's all I about the, you know, we wanted to bring the honesty back in. <laughs> uh, you know, we're talking yeah. about a world that is constantly criticized about being built on uh, markups and, and rightfully so. Uh, so we decided to go, you know what, there isn't going to be any. Um, and it's entirely up to the talent yeah. on how they engage with and how they manage. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's so cool. Good for you guys. So you're a Halifax based guy. I mean, I'm a big fan of Halifax. What do you do? What do you do to hang out? What's what's Sammy's hangout life like in the Halifax marketplace? Um, only because I love that city. And uh, and as I know, most people across the country would or do. So can you get, give us a glimpse into the other side? And I don't want to say the, the, you know, the life side, cause I used to hate that word work life yep. balance. It's all life. But what do you do to kind of hang out and relax? It's really funny. On you? Uh, it's really funny you asked that. I was, uh, I was at a, um, talk just recently, uh, with, uh, one of the, um, one of the uh, uh, communications organizations and the question came up to, and I kind of, I think it was the, it was almost like an affirmation on my own. I kind of just went, <laughs> you know what? I came to a realization three, four years ago, and I think it's an entrepreneurial thing. I don't think I'm the only one to just say life and work are the same thing. There is no, there is no balance. They really are. And I don't yeah. ask for it. When I get stressed yeah. out around things, it's because someone has told me I need to change that. Um, and and that's yes. not uh, how I go. But it's funny. You can see a little bit of what I do for fun um, in the business and how it came out. And um, 
you know, I was always a music guy and, and things like that. So, uh, you know, you've, you've been in Halifax. I'm sure you've heard the hell, the term Halley famous. Uh, so, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, my, uh, my kind of coming up in, in my 19 and twenties and didn't get rid of it either. I kept on going. Uh, it was all around music. I used to own a company that we did like, uh, DJ battles and things like that. So, uh, oh yeah. DJ yeah, battles. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Did you, did you ever, were you around when they used to do the battle of the bands, not the battle yeah. of oh, the yeah. DJs? Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. In, well, I got to look at how long ago it was. Uh, cause again, I, I started it and then brought on partners. Um, but I owned a thing called the DJ Olympics. Okay. And, uh, yeah, okay. we, we, we used to be able to like kind of wave the big flag of, we found all these people and, uh, you know, they're all doing really well now. So, <laughs> uh, we had a, we had a lot of fun back in those days. So same thing. I think, I think as you get older though, you just kind of, you know, eliminate those things. And I'm more than happy just to sit around and have a beer at, you know, at Stillwell or at Battery Park or whatever. Yeah, what well, I'm, I'm actually heading off to Halifax this weekend and visit with my sisters and from Montreal. And I just can't wait to just walk around and, and take the atmosphere and exactly what you're saying. I'm, I just love the atmosphere. So we're, uh, we're, we're comrades in arms with regards to Halifax. That's for sure. But we get a great, uh, a great, um, audience here from coast to coast and and I want to help them ident- work or I want to help them uh, get to understand your problem solving skills because you describe yourself as someone who will always go deep into the gray and pitch black areas to discover the roots of issues. That's a mouthful, man, but it's got to do with everything around your problem solving skills. Can you can you share with us what what's that's all about? What is that all about? Well, I mean, uh, again, you can see it in the well. It's it's something where uh, I and and I think that is a mouthful to describe it. And I don't know that I describe it that way. I think it's more people describe me that way. And I think it's there's just a willingness. It starts with curiosity, but there's a willingness. I mean, uh, whenever I get involved, and, and and you know, it's been a few years now since I've taken on a contract through the well. When I started the well, as all you know, new businesses do, you know, we were bootstrapping and I would take on contracts and things like that. And that's where a lot of that came from was, you know, um, I embrace the huge challenge situation. I love getting into things and, and, you know, people only know what they don't, people don't know what they don't know. And I love getting into, you know, there was a project I did a couple of years ago that I go back to every once in a while and just go, you know, I ended up so immersed in that organization and they could see, they knew where they were hemorrhaging cash and things like that. And I was able to get in there and, and rather than, you know, ignore or stay away or get scared of certain areas, I went right in full bore and, you know, basically in doing a marketing plan, ended up uh, reshuffling a bit of their, their corporate structure. Uh, right. Um, and that's, that's, I guess where that comes from. It's uh, yeah. give me your challenges. I have no problem taking them on. And in fact, it's my favorite thing in the world to do. Oh, that's so cool, man. Those so cool. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time where we need to take a very quick break, but we will be right back with more from our amazing guests. Stay tuned. 
As an entrepreneur, you're always looking for ways to work smarter, faster, simpler, and better. Grow your business your way with transformative tech like Microsoft Azure, Office 365, Windows 10, and more. Visit modernbiz.ca, that's modernbiz.ca, and see how Microsoft can help you run your business anytime, anywhere. Canadian-born business One by Sun creates and sells a unique collection of printed yoga mats, tote bags, pouches, and prints from original hand-painted designs to customers across Canada, the United States, and Australia. When their products are out for delivery, it's important for their customers to have total visibility to ensure their packages are delivered on time, no matter where their customer is located. UPS Canada helps customers track their shipments 24 hours a day, seven days a week, while co-owners Evangelina and Jamal can focus on growing their business. Join the UPS Small Business Program to get support on your unique supply chain needs. Plus, save 40% off shipping. Visit ups.com forward slash my business. Thank you to our sponsors. And we are back. So how do how did you fund the well when it first when it first got started? Was it bootstrapped? Did you have friends, family, VC, uh, you know, the mayor come in and say this is such a good idea? How's, how'd that, how's that working for you? And uh, on top of that, what are your top tips for entrepreneurs th- these days in trying to raise cash? Well, um, you know, for me, I, I just did it myself. Um, I did it on my own shoulders and bootstrapped it and had a very, uh, uh, supportive girlfriend who let me get away with, uh, you know, when I, when I couldn't afford things, uh, she, she let me, she helped me out a lot. Uh, but other than that, I didn't really go to the market or the uh, kind of, uh, open market to look for money. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, again, I'm a big, big proponent of pilots. So I started the well off as a pilot and then it took off before I could, before I could bat an eye. So, um, you know, I've, I've done a few financing things and my partner and myself have done a few things in terms of, you know, banking and, and, uh, you know, traditional models as opposed to going down the VC roads. Um, as far as advice, I mean, I, I'm a situational guy. So, I mean, I, I was thinking about this question earlier and, and um, looking at all the different points of advice I've given. If you put it all together, I'm sure it's all contradictory, but each situation requires a different approach, I believe. Um, but a lot of the time, the big thing that I, 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 you know, the the kind of timeless truth that kind of we all get immersed in is – I always recommend that people think past the money. Um, mm-hmm. and that's not in a romantic view of, you know, Oh, you know, let's, let's be happy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm talking about think past the money. A lot of, I find a lot of new businesses and a lot of entrepreneurs stop at this cash out of, you know, boom, I got my $3 million or my million dollars. And that's the end of, of thinking about those things anymore. It's, I I always like to remain two or three steps ahead. It's it, I guess it's the music background again, looking at people having, you know, signed contracts and thinking, woo, I made it only to find out you're back down at the bottom of the pile next month. Um, so that, that's the biggest thing I usually tell folks is, so, you know, your business plan talks about getting your financing. So business plans that I like seeing are the ones that go well past that. Here's the financing. It might be in the middle of that document. And then it continues well past that. Not about how you're going to spend that money, but how you're going to make it sustainable. So you either don't got to go again and make another ask or you're, uh, you're, you're, um, or that's a part of it. Um, 
but it's, it's, I don't, I don't like seeing or hearing entrepreneurs talk about, you know, the big, Ooh, I got my, I got my first big raise. Uh, cause that just, you know, you got to think well past that. The enemy of success is comfort. I saw that the exactly. other day and it was so, so, so true. And you are reinforcing that again. Look past that. It's part of the journey. It's not the journey. And uh, I love, love, love that you've re- uh, reinforced that. Um, that's obviously one of your uh, um, habits, if I could call it that, and the way that you approach business, uh, your business. Are, are there any other habits that, you know, are great hacks that you would you would say, you know, yeah, they're for me, but I think I could apply for lots of people. Yeah. Um, most of, most of my habits are around self-realization, um, and, and kind of self-critique and self, uh, you know, you, you don't want to be the guy that's beating yourself down, but at the same time, you want to be the one that, uh, talks about your own realities. And, uh, again, in thinking about this, I was looking at, you know, found myself the other day saying, you know, one of the, I, I, I constantly talk about the well is the smartest thing I've ever done. Yes. And one of the reasons is, you know, it fits that really energetic. You just think about it. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, it fits. It matches the wish list of the marketing managers. It's, it's, it's not creating its own need. It's, it's addressing one that's there. Um, but one of the big pieces to come out of that is that, um, you know, up to inventing the well, uh, you know, the, uh, a frustration in my career and, and one that, you know, ultimately landed me there. So it, it's, it's not something I can poo poo at all. And it's not something that I, I regret at all, but you know, with the well, I'm finally somebody that doesn't have to always have the answer. Mm. Um, and I think for most entrepreneurs, that's a huge thing is get yourself out of having to be the person to always have the answer. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, have the, have the ability to trust and work with people and have the ability to make, you know, be decisive. I think that's the biggest thing with entrepreneurs is indecision. Um, we look at all the opportunities and then get, we squander them without even knowing we've done it because we're, we're weighing them all. Um, I constantly look at my own decision-making and, and, you know, it doesn't work for everybody, but to just be able to go, you know, with all of this stuff, there's no real, there's roadmaps, there's, we can read ourselves up to that level or, or whatever you want, but you know, it's, um, you've got to kind of recognize that whatever decision decisions that you're making, um, there's, there's a set of consequences on either side and you just got to be ready with whatever one you're willing to deal with. Um, rather than just sit around and wait for the thing to come to you. If I made you premier of Nova Scotia tomorrow and I have this power over the airways <laughs> to do this, <laughs> uh, what would you, what would be the one thing that you would do? And you're only going to be premier for 24 hours. So you can get bold and bashful uh, to help increase the focus on entrepreneurship in the high schools. What would you do? Oh, it's not part of the script either, ladies and gentlemen. I just threw that one out, but I just, (laughs) I love the, and and I'm, and I'll do this, this kind of commercial mode while you're thinking the answer to it. But I, uh, I just love the insightfulness of your answers to these questions that I think your answer to that question would be again, very insightful and, and, uh, and very powerful. 
Well, I th- I think if it was in high schools and entrepreneur, mm, I think what I would do is, I mean, one of one of the things, and I, I've never thought about it in terms of high school. I've always thought about it in terms of you know entrepreneurs in Nova Scotia need more exposure. Okay, cool. Um, but they need to expose themselves to things. Mm. This is this is where um, exposure is a two way street, and we constantly look at it as as you know expose me to things. Well. One of the things that I think has been uh, stalling some of the business acumen in Nova Scotia is the fact that we're not exposing ourselves to anything new. Right. We steer clear of them uh, because it might pop my bubble, which is my big, you know, this is my big idea. And myself, where I see the whole nation and I I see all the, you know, we get exposed to a ton. That's the one thing I would bring back is, you know, start to expose yourself to everything and don't fear any of it because you can it can all be undone or take you down a different path that you didn't even know existed. Um, So exposure, exposure, exposure. And with that comes things like understanding. You start to build some understandings around, you know, what's the difference between leadership and management? I mean, that's, that's one of the big, if I could tactically fix anything in Nova Scotia, that's what I would do. I would start to bring leaders back into the, into the fray. Um, because we, we have a ton of management and we, we always look at things through a management lens and you need the two to work together. You don't need managers and leaders at odds where one takes off. Love it. I knew it would be insightful. Congratulations. And uh, I think that that, uh, that's just awesome that you've uh, you've, you've tied into that managerial versus leadership things. And it doesn't mean these people who are managers are are wrong for or in the wrong spot for what they're doing. But uh, going back to Gerber's E-Myth Revisited, you know, there's the technician, there's the manager, and then there's the entrepreneur, which is all about leadership. Come with me. And uh, so uh, I love that representation. Um, tell us about your experiences with Startup Canada. How did uh, how did you get connected to uh, to Startup Canada, and what are your thoughts on how how uh, how our our nation should embrace the movement that it's creating? Um, I started to just watch Startup Canada on Twitter. Uh, that's, oh, wait a minute. I, I it wasn't the podcast. Uh, come on. <laughs> that's how I got introduced. That's how I got introduced. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking truths here. Yeah, so. fair enough. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I uh, when I can, uh, I'll, I'll uh, you know, take in some of the uh, the the big uh, Twitter kind of interviews yep. and Twitter storms yep. you guys have Twitter put chats. together. Yep, with Edwin. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think I participated in one of them before too, and uh, you know they're fantastic. They I, are. I think you know much like ourselves, um, there's a recognition in you know for ourselves. My whole business is based on specialization and and building out the specialist economy. Um, you know, in response to the gig economy, it's like the next evolution. Um, you guys have uh, a lot of the same stuff that's that that you know makes me. Um, kind of drive my, 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 you know, drive at full speed. And that, that's that whole connection piece. I mean, the fact that people can, um, you know, uh, engage with, um, Canada startup and be able to kind of meet other people and, 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 you know, 
Not not necessarily either. The part I really like is it's not all about fitting in either. Yeah, it's about yeah. being able to go and yeah. and have your thoughts challenged and have your ideas challenged so that you you know things are getting a little more uh, a little stronger along that pathway. It's not just that you guys are providing a solution because I think in all entrepreneurial uh, areas and and I guess we're overexposed to it in on the East coast is, you know, the solution always becomes tactical and, yes. and something where it's like, Oh, here, here's your free thing and go do that. Yes. Whereas this is more like a community builder, which is ultimately it's a slower burn, but it's going to bring you further. Yeah. I remember it's so interesting. You say that. I remember when startup Canada was doing its first uh, nationwide tour and we were over in Prince Edward Island in Charlottetown and uh, we were in a room and there was this reporter that was there and he looked at me, I was outside the room and he says, what is going on in there? He says, I've never heard so much enthusiasm and noise in a press conference in my entire life. And it was all entrepreneurs just really being happy, being part of a cool community moving forward. So uh, I love that representation. Um, Sammy, uh, unfortunately, we're coming near the end of, uh, of this awesome conversation because I like the joke, because after 40 minutes, it doesn't matter who on the call entrepreneurs are then bored they're off to the next thing <laughs> so, yeah. so we can have richard I've been, I've been checking emails the whole time <laughs> see exactly i yeah. love it yeah. and that's fair enough <laughs> i love it um okay now that we're kind of admitting to things <laughs> i'm teasing you um so one last piece of advice my friend you've you've got the audience in front of you here coast to coast uh this has been great to let, let, great to this point why don't you take it up one more notch and give us some cool uh cool one cool thought you want to leave the audience with um, I guess it's, uh, I'll go back to that thought and just expand on it a little more about the, uh, the idea of, um, leadership and management working together. Um, and it's, it is something when you see that, you know, it, it's, it, you need both in your businesses, you need both in your communities, you need both in your governments. Um, and once one takes over and, and to your point, I mean, it wasn't, when I was saying it earlier, I wasn't talking about, you know, looking down our nose at the managers because they uh -huh. are the ones in spreadsheets and, and uh -huh. what have you. Um, no, it's, you know, you need them all. Um, and uh, I've seen firsthand what happens when one gets ushered out um, and replaced with the other. And it's never a good thing. Mm. Um, it's a pendulum swing and something, something becomes a miss. It's all about finding balance. And I guess that's as kind of wildly philosophical and romantic as I get, but mm. Uh, mm. it is all about finding that balance um, and recognizing that, you know, uh, you know, in, in, in some communities, we, we hear people, um, look down at leadership because there's not an understanding of what that person's actually doing. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's, uh, and then in other communities, it's looking down at, at managers because the leaders are going, well, don't bother me with those details. I'm pushing, uh, I'm pushing a wagon along here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, the two got to find room for each other. Right. Um, and that's when you've got, something. Yeah. That's when you've got something going on. Yeah. The other thing is finding that piece, finding those pieces to your puzzle. Cause every, every entrepreneur is full of ideas. Uh, I mean, myself included, I, I can, you know, I, I've always thought we should do a game show where we can just fire off ideas at each other, uh, <laughs> in some form or another, That'd but, be fun. you know, 
they come wild and they come fast and furious, but, um, you know, learn to filter them, learn to kind of apply them and see when you can get that good makeup of leadership versus management together. Yes. Um, and those will be the good ones because ideas, ideas come and go. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, uh, you, to be an entrepreneur, you need so much more than an idea. Um, you need, you need to be able to take your whoopings and your beatings and your, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, and get back up again and, and go, please, sir, may I have some more? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. How does, yeah. um, and talking about great ideas, how does someone find your great idea the well? Uh, it's real easy. Go to the well.ca. Go um, to the well. It's, it's, it's not go to the well. It, it the well.ca. It's G O T O well.ca. Exactly. G O T O T H E dot C A. So go to the well.ca in there. You'll see all of the different kind of, uh, project folks. And, uh, you'll see if you're watching the next, uh, Next uh, year, um, you'll see we've been eagerly and busy, busy, busy in planning all kinds of new um, programs in reaction to additional wish lists that those marketing uh, managers and VPs of marketing have been so great with uh, letting us know. And uh, so we've, we've got some really neat programs we're excited about coming out soon. Brilliant, man. Brilliant. Well, uh, you know, as a Maritimer, I'm naturally going to be inclined to uh, appreciate you and respect you. But as a Canadian, I know all of us are from this great conversation. So uh, thank you very much, Sammy, for your, your time today. Keep on happening, man. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to more awesome entrepreneur content? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats and hashtag startup school, which you can catch every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett, leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Joe Earthy, Chief Growth Officer of Front Funder, and you are listening to the Startup Canada podcast. If you're a startup and you're interviewing a mentor, are there some certain things that, that you would say the startup should be asking or looking for in a mentor that's going to help them? Absolutely. And I think before you seek a mentor, I think it's important to take that step back, right? And really understand what is it that I need? And, and that's going to differ at different, <laughs> different times and, and different stages. And so what is it that I need? Really identifying that, because I think that's the key, because I know, you know, we all reach out to people and just say, hey, it'd be great to have coffee or can I chat with you about this? But I think it's, we need to be a little bit more strategic and, and what is what is the key thing that this person can possibly help me with? And I know certainly when I receive requests um, to mentor or, or to, to have a chat, it helps me tremendously if I know how I can best support and how I can best help in advance. So identifying what is, you know, yeah, asking a more specific question, like, could you help me with X? Or I'm really interested in what you did with this, with Y over here. I'd love to learn from you. Can you, can you share that? So thinking about, yeah, how, how, and how you can, you know, they can best support you. But also it's often a reciprocal relationship too. So being, being aware of that. 